Welcome to Extraordinary People, the podcast that highlights people who inspire others, have made significant contributions to the world, or who have overcome adversity. This show is hosted by Shirley Bogtel, author, educator, wife, mother, and grandparent. Learn more and subscribe today at ShirleyWachtel.com. And now, here's my grandma, Shirley Wachtel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Extraordinary People. Today, I'll be talking with Steve Cohen, who has over 50 years involvement in rugby. He has been the catalyst in developing player safety, refereeing, and promoting the game at the grassroots level. USA Rugby Eagle Steve Hyatt has said that, and I quote, no conversation could take place regarding administrators and contributions to American rugby without Steve's name being mentioned. Among his many contributions was pioneering rugby safety by publishing the Safer Rugby Program to promote and encourage safe rugby practices. Steve's work in the USA Rugby Collegiate Committee led to the creation of the Division II playoffs. He formed the National Small College Rugby Organization to serve Division III, which put small colleges on the map and gave them a platform to grow and succeed as well, inspiring coaches and players. NSCRO was rebranded as National Collegiate Rugby in 2020 and now serves more than 700 men's and women's college teams. In addition, Steve refereed for nearly 40 years and was a charter member of the USA RFU Referees and Laws Committee. Steve supported the growth of women's rugby as head referee for the first five women's national championships, writing articles for Rugby Magazine and providing training for women referees. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, Shirley. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, so uh, I have so many questions for you. Um, I myself have never been too athletic or very interested in sports until I married my husband, who was a basketball coach for many years. And uh, my son also was involved. Um, and we're all avid fans of basketball, hockey, baseball, of course, and football. So I know a little bit about that. But I don't know a whole lot about rugby. Um, even, even soccer hasn't been so popular in this country. I know we've had, you know, we've all watched the World Cup, but rugby, that's something new. So why don't you tell us about this sport? Let me start with, I guess, the history of rugby. I suspect a lot of people listening is, you know, they, they've heard, maybe heard the name rugby, but have no idea what, what, what it is or where it came from. It was in 1823 in the town of Rugby, England, at what was known as the rugby school. They were playing football. As, as readers, listeners may know that football is what we call soccer over in other countries. And during a football game, match one time, a fellow by the name of William Webb Ellis decided to pick up the ball and run with it, which was not part of the game of football. And people said, what are you doing? He said, well, 
why can't why don't we do this as well as kicking the ball so they came up with a new game and basically he 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 helped you know write the original some of the original rules to the game and and rugby started fast forwarding of the years it, it appeared in this country probably in the 1870s at a number of schools like princeton a bit on the west coast a number a number of the colleges you know, picked it up through because of having international students come over, from, especially from Britain, where the game was being played, and they started playing what was known as rugby football. Because being from the town of rugby at rugby school, they named it rugby football. It lasted pretty much in this country for about ten years until they decided to kind of modify the rules to better suit the, I guess, what they consider the uh, the American version, and created association football. Which uh, it was the, the, I guess, the precursor to the pre-runner to uh, what we know now now as American football. And if you look at the history of American football from the eight, through the eighteen hundreds into the early nineteen hundreds, the ball they used was a rugby ball. Now, uh, good question. What is, what is the difference with a rugby ball and, and say say a football or a soccer ball? A rugby ball is basically oval shaped. It's it's more round. It's more elongated than a soccer ball and, and and it's it's a little bit if you will wider than, than a uh, a american football so that originally rugby association football started and they played basically hand, handling a, a, a rugby ball then in the early 1900s um i forget who, who did it they started intru- introducing the uh, forward pass and eventually changed the shape of the ball because in rugby all passing must be lateral behind you or, or, or directly to, to your player. There's no such thing as, as forward, forward passing in rugby. So that's, that's really how, how it, how it got, got it started. A very interesting anecdote with all this is that everyone knows in American football, when you cross the goal line with the ball, you call it a touchdown. I wonder if anyone ever, ever wondered why you call it a touchdown when you're not touching anything down. Well, the answer comes from rugby. In the sport of rugby, when you take the ball across the goal line, you get no points until you touch the ball down on the ground. And originally, you received a chance to, to kick a goal, which was worth one point. Fast forward to today, in the modern game, it's, it's now just wor- it's worth five points. And then you can kick a goal as a conversion worth an additional two points. So when they first started playing association football, you had to touch the ball down. And that kept with the name when they stopped having to touch it down, that name touchdown stayed with American football. In rugby, they call it a try. Initially in the 1820s and 30s, when you when you got the ball across the goal line, you got to try at goal, to kick a goal and got one point. So that's kind of a quick overview of, of rugby, where, where, where it came from. Okay, so I'm wondering, what is the particular appeal of rugby? Because, you know, it's not, as I said, not, really as popular in this country. Maybe you can sell us on this a little bit more from the point of view of not only playing it, but also as a spectator. What the appeal of, of rugby is, rugby is, is really more than a sport. You know, let me just take it far beyond just my college rugby involvement. Rugby has its own unique culture. 
And but and, and I could sum it up pr pretty well is that there was a, a book recently written by a fellow from Virginia named Adam Hughes called "This Is Rugby." And let me just quote a couple of sentences he he says about rugby. And I think that it, it, it'll hit, hit the point you're trying to make to your audience is that rugby is incredibly diverse and inclusive. It has a culture and a community like no other sport that in our highly fractured and fragmented society, rugby offers a unity found almost nowhere else where it doesn't matter your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, your socioeconomic class, or your political ideology, because in the context of rugby of, of a rugby club, the only thing that matters is your willingness to be there. This is rugby. That's one thing, because when, when I started playing in 1969, I was an engineering student at, at Rensselaer, Rensselaer RPI in Troy, New York, I started playing on a team where I was one of two Americans and the rest were all were English or Irish players who had most of which had been hired by General Electric and Schenectady, you know, went due to a shortage of engineers in this country at the time. I learned pretty quickly that the game itself was, was a lot of fun. You, run, you, run, you, you, could, you could run with the ball. Uh, anyone can run with the ball. Unlike football, where you're limited by your position, everyone, in, all 15 players in rugby, there's 15 players on the field, can run with the ball, pass it. You're not limited by by your position. So that's why. So so it became it became fun, you know more fun for everyone because it was sort of like you're allowed to to run, kick, and pass the ball. That was re really, I think, what set it apart, at least at least for me. And, and it took a lot of a lot of the skills because I played some football. Uh, I'm a big person. I'm six or five. Back in my playing days, I was two thirty or two forty, a, a, a little more, a little more now. But the other thing about rugby is inclusiveness. It's, it's, it's. You're not limited by your size. Rugby. There, there are players who are five feet tall. Players who are tall, even taller than me or bigger than me. It really is a matter of heart and what you have inside inside of you that you know really determines. A lot in life, you know, such such as sports. But you know, if you if you're willing to to work hard and, and train, you, you know, you you can you can do pretty much anything in life. Rugby is just what just another great opportunity. Why is appealing to fans, and it's become more and more appealing, is because it's an exciting game. There are two versions of rugby, and some some of your listeners may have seen in the Olympics the last two times that there was rugby. You know, played, and that's and there are two versions. One's called rugby sevens, which is seven players on a team, uh, and they play two seven minute halves. You play multiple games in a day. A, 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 the standard game is rugby has fifteen players, which you play two forty minute halves, and it's and it's pretty much nonstop action, which is the other thr thrilling thing about rugby. You mentioned that the one quality you really need is to have heart for this game to play this game. Are there, you know, and again, I'm comparing it to um, football or American football, which I know a little bit more about. Are there specialized positions in the same way? And also, what kind of training does one need to really become a top rugby player? Just talking about the, the, the 15s rugby, which is the more common game. Um, is that that there are there are eight forwards and seven backs. Generally, the forwards are the, uh, are typically bit bigger, you know, and stronger than than the backs. The backs are more more of a more of a r runners. Like you know, my my size, I I, I played 
I play with the forwards, and you know, and one of the ways that the ball is put back into play, there are two major ways. Is one is called the scrum, which a lot of people may have heard of, is where eight eight players get in set positions and they bind against their opponents and they push try and push over the ball once their scrum half puts it in. The other is a lineout when the ball goes in out of bounds or in touch as they call it in rugby there's a there's a, there's a jump for the ball which is similar to a kind of almost like a tip off in, 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 in basketball basketball and being six or five back back in the day i was i was i was very good in the lineouts and win, winning the ball the, the game has changed a lot now that players teammates can now lift the lift the player to to better enhance chances of winning the ball in, in the backs, there are, there, are, there are a number of positions. One's like a quarterback called the scrum half, who's kind of the general on the field, who, who, who's really controlling what happens with the ball. And then there's a, there are five, five, six other back positions, including wings, who are the fastest players. A fullback is kind of like a safety in football. And there are centers. The centers are, run, are the, the strong runners. And then there's what is known as a fly half is the first person that gets the ball in rugby. And that person has to quickly decide to run, to pass or kick the ball. Soccer has 11 players. Rugby's 15. And the one thing about rugby has changed over the years. When I, when I, when I played in the late 60s and early 70s and into the 80s, you, you played with 15 players. And, there were, and, and if a player gets injured and couldn't play, you played with 14. There were no replacements. Fast forward to today's game. You're now allowed eight replacements during a game. So you have a squad of 23, 15 on the field, and eight replacements. And those players can come on uh, for, for either for a tactical substitution or, or if a player gets injured. But once a player leaves the field and is, and is replaced, that player cannot you know, come back on. So I know there's uh, another subject about rugby that you've been very involved in and, and you've really promoted this, and that's uh, safe rugby practices. Tell me a little bit and tell us a little bit about, first of all, what's required in terms of equipment, uniform uh, for a rugby player, um, and what changes have you seen because there have been there have been significant changes you know in helmets and things like that in other sports what changes have you seen in the past come about and what changes do you think are needed if there are any still needed in terms of, of safety one of the things that sets rugby apart and some of your fans who are if they are real professional football fans may, may have heard about this is there, there's a rugby style of tackling that's completely different than American football okay American football tackling is is leading with your head where in rugby you lead with your shoulder okay and you, and your head stays out of that direct, direct contact Pete Carroll who a lot of people know is the coach of the Seattle Seahawks introduced the rugby style of tackling to his team over, I think, at least more than 10 years ago. And, and that really showed a, a, lot, a lot of people around the country how much safer rug, rugby is in terms of, of you know, minimizing chances of head trauma. In rugby, there is, there is no real equipment because one of the things about rugby is that there is no blocking, okay? All, you're not allowed to be in front of the player with the ball if you if you caught that way, you, you need to come behind that player. You cannot take place in the game if you're in front of in front in front of the player with the ball. So all the passing, as I said, is, is lateral or backwards. 
and, and the only equipment people have besides wearing a, you know a cotton cotton or um, you, know, or, you know a cotton or a dry fit type of jersey a short so, uh, you know high socks boots similar to maybe soccer with, 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 with studs in it um, you know depending on the ground conditions it depends on the boots you wear and uh, also some some like I used to wear a scrum cap around my head just to protect my ears a little bit in the, in the scrum. One of the changes that were made for safety about 10, maybe 10, 15 years ago was the balance of padding. And when I say padding, it's basically uh, a, a soft, a, a, excuse me, a rubber type of padding, that, a little compression type of padding that just basically is to minimize the bruising around your shoulder area. And it's, there's no hard plastic. You're not allowed to wear anything that's hard like a hard plastic anywhere. You, you, you can't you can't wear knee protection or anything like that. You can wear soft braces, things of that nature, without any metal, as I said, or or, or, or plastic. What's changed, when I started working with medical professionals and establishing rugby safe, safety documents was the understanding of the importance of, med of uh, having medical staff at, at all rugby matches. And what it, the most important important uh, medical professional for rugby is a certified athletic trainer. I say 95% or more of the rugby injuries are, are sprains or maybe a cut, you know, you know, it has a little bleeding. All of those things can be properly handled by a certified athletic trainer. And what I've seen the last 10, 15 years, especially more and more teams and especially schools, because ha having dealt with the last 30 years with colleges almost exclusively as an administrator, is they, they have also seen that. And they and most schools are, are very keen on providing the right type of medical coverage, you know, for, you know, for their students. As, as far as the changes to the game, to the future you asked about, I don't think there's anything that's really major, re you know, re you know, really necessary. What's the key to rugby in terms of yourself and preparing yourself is, is conditioning. And fitness is key. If you think about, like I mentioned earlier, rugby 15s is two 40-minute halves. So it's 80 minutes of play. Notwithstanding, you may get replaced, but, but not everyone. Most players on the field will play the full 80 minutes. Playing that game for 80 minutes requires a lot, a lot of fitness, especially being besides muscle strength, you have to have really good cardio fitness. And the thing that I've noticed the last 10 or so years is how much more attention people have turned towards fitness. And I'm talking mostly at the high school and college level is that they understand that in order to, to be successful as a rugby player, you have to be able to play a full match and not, and not lose too much of your, I call it um, fitness. You know, um, when I used to play with the University of Michigan uh, back back in the, in the mid set mid, mid to late seventies, Michigan always prided itself on being fit for eighty minutes. And while we, we would be losing games with 10, 15 minutes to go, we almost always found a way to win the game because we were we were usually much fitter than the other team. That's a really important point. Uh, let me also talk about the popularity of rugby. One of the things is what's grown tremendously in the last 15 to 20 years is, is youth rugby, youth as well as college rugby. And youth rugby starts at a very young age. They're, they can start at eight, seven, eight years old. But the game, the game itself at the early ages is, is, is typically there is no, we call it tackling. 
it's not a contact sport until until the until they reach high school age, and that and then it's basically oftentimes either touch rugby or flag rugby, and there are a lot of state organizations in New Jersey, where I live is is Rugby New Jersey is the organization that that helps basically high school teams form and all and also what is known as you know um, under under nineteen teams you know players who are. There are some areas where there are a lot of players who are in high schools that don't have enough players at a single high school, so they they'll form a team comprised of players from both you know you know both from multiple high schools, and it just becomes sort of a combined combined team from multiple high schools, and it's called an under U nineteen team, and, and and the same goes for, for men and women. Women's women's rugby, as as you mentioned earlier, that I've been involved with women's rugby almost since its inception in 1972 in this country, uh, where it first started actually at Colorado State University, is that women's rugby has become increasingly increasingly popular, and we've we've seen a lot, we continue to see a lot a lot a lot of growth in, in women's rugby, both at the co- high school, college, and the senior club level. Yeah, I know you've been a really big proponent of that. You just answered the next question I was going to ask. Um, but as far as in the colleges, how popular is it? Like how many colleges, you know, have teams, have rugby teams, would you say, and and teams for women as well? I can, I can tell you probably within plus or minus 5% or so, there's, probably, there's about 900 college, college teams right now. That doesn't mean there are 900 different colleges. I would say, oh, 60 to 70 percent of them have both have a men's and women's teams. There are some colleges I know. There are some colleges with women's teams and not a men's teams. But there are also obviously some with men's teams and 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 not and and not and not having a women's team. A lot of a lot of times it depends on the enrollment. Some schools are could be 90, 95 percent you know male male students, so there's not enough necessary athletes around on the women's side to form a team and similarly on 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 the on the, on the women's side uh, a, a lot there are a lot of schools in certain parts of the country that are predominantly you know women's you know women's enrollment but the game at the college level is continuing to grow the t- two areas of interest is is one is on the women's side is there's an organization called NIRA National Interscholastic Rugby Association, which basically is working with colleges and setting up varsity programs with women. It's sort of it's part of Title IX, which I think a lot of people are familiar with for the NCAA. And their their goal is to become an NCAA recognized sport. And there's still they need forty schools, varsity schools, uh, as members, and they have just I think just over thirty right now, and they should reach that goal, you know, in you know in in the next year or two. To basically getting you know getting more and more women playing because at, at, at these schools they provide scholarships and um, tremendous school support. Some of the colleges, most colleges do not have varsity on the men's side. Have varsity rugby, but a lot of them they provide a lot of support and they're kind of become what is known as enhanced enhanced club sports, where the school provides fields, they'll provide you know medical staff facilities, you know for for, for strength training. So a lot, a lot of schools have have really moved forward with rugby, and one of the one of the main reasons is that if rugby at the college level is done right, 
it, it can really be a b- very beneficial for the development of young adults. And as, as I like to say, it helps young adults become tomorrow's leaders. And the way that is done is by creating a rugby program as opposed to a simple club sport and have adult leadership. And what a lot of schools are finding is that by doing that, that support, the, the, student, the students basically start developing much better if you will you know skills as young adults in terms of learning how to be be more more responsible being team building skills all the difference and having good character and and most of these clubs are very involved as well in doing community projects a lot of them do a lot of charitable causes and it's really been a boon in one area very interestingly especially in the small colleges there are there are, there are many we call faith-based colleges especially on the small small college level in, in this country and a large number of them are have been a very very big supporter of 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 rugby for, for those reasons they see that their values align very well with the values of rugby when rugby is done right when i say done right they have a, a, a an adult adult leader not not a student, and that who who, who and, and and that they're building a pro a program that basically serves both the students and, and the university. Yeah, I think what you're saying is really key, and especially you know about starting these um, starting our young people, you know, at a very early age, involved in this because it builds their character and, and not only, you know, they're not only getting the physical benefits, but really uh, I would even say moral benefits and becoming better people in a way and learning how to work with others, all types of people when they're involved with the sport like rugby. That's precisely right. And, and one one of the things that, you know, like in the organizations that I started you know, Enscrow, which was strictly for small colleges, which expanded in 2020, as you mentioned earlier, into National Collegiate Rugby, is, is that, we, you know, we, we really, you know, pride ourselves in finding ways to inspire the young adults, inspire the players, also the coaches, and for various opportunities. And one of the things that ways we, we do we do, we do do that is we, we have a, an NCR we we, rec- we recognize the accomplishments of of players and teams both on and off the field, and I'll give you some examples. One of the things that we do at, at our during our champ our championship events, we, we award a player on each each team what is known as the Heart and Soul Award, and we and we give them a one of our custom you know rugby balls, and it's awarded to a player that the coach tells us you know you know tells us is is. A, a key contributor to the team, not just as a player, but mostly off the field. That that he, that person is he or she is is there to help no matter what, and really it's made a p- big difference, you know, for the in the success of the team without having to be a, a star player. And I've seen, and we, we give those awards out. And I'll be real frank is that I've seen, uh, you know, <laughs> these players cry actually cried they were so overwhelmed by the recognition and the teammates were all hugging them and just to be to get that recognition really made it's a positive difference other ways we, we do we also have a, what is known as the scholastical american program we reckon we recognize our 
uh, players for the scholastic achievements. And it has it has a pretty high standard of, of a 3.5 grade point average and, and, and other accomplishments as, as a student. And this past year, we had over 400, 400 I think 400 and close to 500 men and women you know, players recognize as scholastic All-Americans. Another big thing we do is we also recognize on a monthly basis what is known as a student leader of the month. And that, and that again, it's similar to the heart and soul, but it's, it's, it's a person we do on a monthly basis, you know, whether, you know, from a men and women's team that really is a, is a positive, you know, makes a, makes a positive difference for the team, you know, as a leader. And, and that, and we also do what most people know is all strictly all American program where we recognize the best players in the country, you know, based on their nomination by, by coaches and our observations at our playoffs. So inspiring. Yeah. And it, yeah. I tell you a great little story is one of the things that I've always been big on, you know, in my, in my collegiate administrative work is having all-stars basically having regional teams from a different, from an area put together a team of the, hopefully the best players from various colleges and play, playing and travel. Um, we started doing that in Enscro, both men and women, about five years ago. We continue to do, to do it with, with, with NCR. And it gives, it gives a lot of players who are really good players. And be, be real frank, a lot, a lot of teams aren't necessarily very good, but they have good players. And if, if, if you list, any listeners are, are, are played on teams, it's so much more fun to play on a team if you're a good player with other players as good or better than you, as opposed to being the best player on the team and everyone relies on you. And I've seen it just like people in the eyes of these players, they get a chance to play with really good players, get better coaching and also making new relationships. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite little stories is at, at, a, at one of our events uh, about five years ago, I had a player from Endicott College up in Beverly, Massachusetts, came up to me says, Mr. Cohen, I just want to thank you so much for this weekend. It's been, been a lot of fun. We had a great time playing. But I've been playing against, you know, the Endicott is in a, in a conference of plays against Salve Regina University from uh, Newport, Rhode Island. And he says, I've been playing against this, this fellow for four years now from Salve Regina and bat, you know, battling him. I've never, we never really got to know know each other, you know, you know, off the field. But this weekend, we, we, we started talking, and, and, and guess what? We're going to be friends for life. The bonding that you can get out, out, of, out of sports in general, especially in rugby, I mean, I mean, being frank, I, I'm, I still have good friends that, you know, that I played, that I played with over 50 years ago. And it's, 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 and it's a game that has a kind of a, a camaraderie no matter where you go. I've traveled all over the world with rugby. And you can go into it. If you're traveling and you don't know somebody in the town and you have a rugby connection, they'll take care of you. You know, it's, it's, it's such a, it has a unique bond to it. That's wonderful. You know, some of these schools, I think, um, who, who are uh, dropping programs such as rugby are really doing a disservice uh, because, as you said, it offers just so much more to a person than just, um, you know, throwing a ball out there, you know, just having them play ball. It's so much more meaningful than that. And you've really expressed it very well. Um, if I were a rugby player um, in high school, 
what are the top colleges um, that I would be looking at for this sport? That'll vary greatly. There, there, there are a couple of, of people that I know that are, we call it, um, that one, one of them is Greg Stoluti, who, who, who runs a company called Next Phase Rugby. And basically, they, they basically help high school players connect with colleges. Basically, you work, work, you work with him and his company. And they, this is my interest. This is, and they look at your, 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 what, what your, your academics are and everything. And they help match you up with, with colleges that, 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 you know, maybe you're best suited for that, that play rugby. Because I, I will tell you that more and more high school players, boys and girls are coming out of, high school want 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 to play rugby and it's you know um it's really a good question to ask is well you know where where do i go how do i find that out you know so um you know next phase rugby is they they, they've been actually been doing this for about two three years now and have been very very successful in, in helping connecting high school players to colleges Okay, that's good to know. I want to ask you about another aspect of your involvement with the sport, and that's as a referee. I know my husband has done some refereeing for basketball, and uh, it's not the easiest of jobs. So can you share some of your experiences <laughs> with us on that? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I could go on and on. Uh, What's what, what's what, what's most interesting thing about r- rugby refereeing, and I'm talking about, you know, the, the basic uh, amateur level, like we're, you know, we're really that's really what we've been talking about: college rugby, even senior club rugby, high school rugby. There, there are 30 players on the field, and, 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 and like in football, you have 22 players, and how many how many referees in football? Five, six, seven. In rugby, 30 players, one referee. The referee will have assistants. Helping, helping him or her on the sidelines. If, if, when the ball goes out, they'll raise their flag. But m- more often than not, those are just players who who, who help out. They're, they're not they're not also referees um, at, m- at most games. So you have to be be able to basically be fit enough to keep up with play and manage. You know, th- you know, thir- thirty players. You know, as as we used to say, often bent on self destruction. <laughs> they're running into each other and playing hard and it it's i found it very you know challenging and you know and having you know spent my being being very good in academics and you know coming out you know very, you know being being an engineer i, I really found, found enjoy enjoy you know even throughout my, my my engineering career as i always enjoyed you know you know challenges and i found i found rugby to be Really challenging, in other words, to keep to keep a clear head, and why fitness is very important is because, as you know, as everyone well knows, if you get t- if you're doing any type of activity and start getting tired, you, your brain doesn't function. It's not getting necessarily all the oxygen it needs, and your brain is not functioning, and you don't see things clearly. You don't make this, you know, you don't make maybe the best decisions. In rugby, for eighty minutes, you have to be able to be sharp. The, the, the entire the entire eighty minutes. So therefore, fit fitness is is very is very is very important, and also understanding the game. One of the things about rugby, there is a lot of laws of the game, but the game is more played to to a, if you will to the spirit. The referees are, are there to kind of make sure that the game is played to the spirit of the game, 
It's not necessarily always the black and white of the game. One of the, one of my favorite aspects of, of rugby is what is known as the advantage law. The advantage law says that if a, if a one team you know uh, makes a mistake, commits a, commits a a foul or a penalty or throws the ball forward, you can allow time for the other team to take advantage of that. Maybe get the ball, maybe make a good play, and then you don't have to call that play. The other thing that's really great, and it's changed over the last, especially the last 20, 30 years in refereeing, is the importance of trying to prevent penalties. When I first started playing in refereeing, you you never really you never really tried to to manage the game in ways to stop penalties, um, but you just waited, you saw it, you called it. Now you manage it by basically letting players know verbally or even with your arms that maybe they're offside. To, to help prevent the game, keep the game flowing because everybody likes the game to move, to move and be exciting. So, um, and, and and it's a, it's a lot it's a lot of fun. Ref, ref, I always found refereeing to be a lot of fun. One of one of the, my favorite uh, couple of my favorite stories. One of my favorite stories is when I was being evaluated by a, a senior referee during my early days of, of refereeing. He, he, he was very complimentary about, about everything I did except for one thing he said. He said, never once during the game did you smile. Hmm. And I, I kind of looked at him, I, and I thought to myself, I, I, you, you know, you, when someone criticizes, you like to kind of maybe hopefully tell them they're wrong. And I thought about it. I said, yeah. He says, no, be out there. Enjoy yourself. It's like, like you know, it's, you, you, you want to basically be a part of the game and help facilitate the game to, to, to everyone's enjoyment. So you're not going to make every, you're not going to see everything. And, and players know that. And coaches know that. They're referees. You can't, you're not going to make every call because you're not, because you, you, you have to observe a lot of things going on, but you know, and, and so I started learning that there are a lot of times something funny happens in the game. Some, somebody, it's, it's, it feels a little bit wet. Somebody, there's a stoppage or someone comes, walk, is, is walking, game stops. Someone all of a sudden slips and they fall on their butt. It's you know, which is can be funny. You know, smart laugh. You know, you know, show the you know show the players that hey, you know, your 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 job is to work you know with them and they you know they work with you and respect you. One of the key things in rugby that's very very different. This started when I first started refereeing and playing is that there's no arguing with the referee. There's not like football. This or American sports is that the referee is the sole judge of one fact, and if play, if players argue, they can be they they can be you know be basically kicked out of the game, and if and if you're kicked out of the game, a lot of times you, you know you, you may not be able to be allowed to be replaced. They've introduced about 15 years ago what is known as a sin bin, which was a temporary you know, temporary send off, sort of like cocky a penalty, but you're in penalty for a certain amount of time. And rugby is 10 minutes. The team plays short, and then you can come back in. But if it's something more egregious, you, you're done. Your team has to play short. So there is, so there is no, you know, you know. The, so there really is not. The, the captain can discuss things with you, and generally at halftime, or especially after, after the game. Mm -hmm. I actually like that. 
as far as the smile, I, I'm thinking I've seen a lot of different games. I've never seen a referee smile, you know, <laughs> that can kind of be misconstrued as well, but because they're all so serious and they have to take the game seriously, but I guess there might be some occasion. Well, well, see, but, yeah, the, the one thing that's it's a key to understand, and people, you know, when I talk, when I talk to people about rugby is, there's a three there's, there's a three letter word that's really important about rugby, and that's the letter. The word is F U N. Rugby is fun. If you start talking to players, especially young players, that they just, I mean, and it just it seems to be increasing almost somewhat exponentially. More and more, they just lo love the game. It's fun. The camaraderie they have. The, they just, you know, I watched the game. We had we had a women's regional championships uh, not too, not too not too long ago in in the in this past fall, and and there was a game it was a game played in the snow. I mean, it was snowing, and but but it was a playoff game. They had to play the game, and it, it and there were people slipping and sliding, and it was important. It was an important game because whoever won moved to the next round in the playoffs, but but. You know, you know, players would just, the referee would blow a whistle. There'd be a stoppage, and there'd be players just all over the have fallen down. And and even the opponents were helping their, their, their you know, a player would help an opponent up. You know, you know who, who slipped in the snow. So yeah, that's what it's all about, really. Yeah. You know, and then after the game, rugby is also known as as the very, it's a very sociable game. You know, if you, you know, the, you know, the, the, the college level, the teams will, have, will will share share a meal to meal together, and you know, and and they take the game seriously. I mean, I'll, I'll be real frank. I mean, rugby, especially at the college level, what what was used to be a real concern with schools about about students misbe misbehaving, you know, uh, and that has changed drastically in the last 10, 15 years. Play, college kids take the game much more seriously. They want to do the best to win. While they, they may not win all the time, if they have the right culture and leadership, especially by an adult, you know, you know, winning is is, is winning is in everything, and in, and in life, as everyone knows, whether it's in a, in sports or, or just in business or wherever, is you you're not going to always always succeed. You're not going you all you are going to fail at times, and it's what you learn from that failure and how and how you how you take that that the, what you've learned from the failure and, and and improve 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 upon. Yeah, you've said that perfectly, really. Um, before I let you go, I have um, one more question. And you've shared a number of stories with us about uh, your experiences, you know, on the field and as a spectator, as a referee. Um, maybe just very quickly, you could tell us about one game that stands out in your mind, either one that you played in or one that you observed. In, in recent memory, I just go to recent memory. I observed is and I, and I actually gave some feedback on, 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 on Facebook about it. The women's the women's the twenty twenty one women's uh, rugby World Cup, which was postponed till twenty twenty two, which was interesting. It was held in New Zealand, and it, it was held it was held in, in um, I think last November, um, and it. I had 12 teams, 12 women's countries you know, were, were there, including the United States, Canada, France, Wales, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, England. Um, and 
I watch a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of the games. The one thing about women's rugby, more so than men's game, is a lot. There's a lot more finesse. Is that they, they women are big and strong and they can hit hard, but they will they 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 show a lot more s- skill levels a lot of times in the men's game. And in the final, the England was the overwhelming fav- favorite to win the World Cup. Um, they had they had lost as 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 a team in three years. Uh, New Zealand, as everyone knows, the men's team is called the All Blacks. The women's called the Silver Ferns. They're also you know among the best in the world. As it turned out, the New Zealand played England in the final, and I watched that game. It was one of the most exciting games I've ever seen. The skill level, the skills of these players was unbelievable, and. England came came back at the end and took the lead, and looked like they were they were going to win, at, you know, sort of as expected. And with time, when in rugby, uh, sort of unlike soccer, I know in soccer when the, when the time is up, the referee ends the game. It doesn't matter if the ball is in play. In rugby, the game if time is up and the ball is still in play, the game continues until there's a stoppage. And with no time left on the clock. New Zealand found an amazing way to score a try and win the win and win the championship, you know, um, and which was especially nice since it, it was it was played it was played in New Zealand, but it was one of the, one of the best games I've ever seen male, male you know man, men's game or women's game that I've ever seen in over fifty years. Steve, this has been such an enlightening discussion. And just one more, one more thing I want to ask you, I'm ready to watch a game of rugby. Where can I find one? Well, you can, you can Google it. But one of the, one of the things I would suggest is actually, you go to our YouTube channel. Okay, our YouTube channel will have all our championships, all different matches. It's just, you know, youtube.com forward slash national collegiate rugby, one word. Terrific. And by the way, let me just say, Shirley, you know, you're welcome to share my my email address. So if anybody has any questions or want want to learn, maybe how can they find the right college, whatever I can pass on any information. What's your email address? Address is Steve at NCR, that's National College Rugby, dot rugby. Okay, there you go. And I'll be ready to watch my first game. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. You're quite welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Extraordinary People. To learn more about Shirley Wachtel and to subscribe to the show, head to ShirleyWachtel.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time on Extraordinary People. Extraordinary People.